Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become fully alive by doing life together. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Fully Alive Man podcast. It's a new year. It's going to be a good one. 2019. My name's Robbie Angle. I'm the director of adult ministries here at North Point Community Church in Alpharetta. And I'm here with my friend and colleague, Lee Rogers. I'm excited to be back here, Lee. It's hey, Robbie. Fun. I'm excited too. We're in it, man. So we are hoping you guys are in community with other guys in men's groups and married groups. This is who this podcast is for, for guys in community to become better at life. So we're going to start the year hitting that head on. How do you have great groups? We are going to go to the basics of how to have exceptional transformational amazing groups that lead to us becoming more alive as men. And in doing that, there's two buckets and two conversations. The first is structural. How do we spend our time together in group? What's the year look like? What are the logistics? What's the plan? That's the structural side of group. The other side is relational. And this week, we're going to talk about the structural side of having a great group. And next week or next episode, we're going to talk about the relational side of having a great group. And we hope it's going to help your group start the year in an incredible way. Robbie, I love your passion. And I am excited to talk about what structurally, how do we put together a great group. But before, I love talking before, about this. I know you do. This is, this is your passion. I feel the intensity. Hey. But before we jump in, hold on, hold on. How was your weekend, man? How are you doing? How structural do you make your weekend? Uh, it depends on the weekend, but I'm pretty intentional, naturally, strategic. I, I do yes. a lot of that yes, at work. Yes, you are. I'm trying to shift a percentage of that to myself personally and to my family and house and that kind of thing. So a little while ago, I did some like uh, resolutions because it felt like a good time to do some <laughs> resolutions. And so I went through like physical, mental, spiritual, emotional and I said, what's one or two practical things that I can build a routine around in yeah. my life? What's the physical plan? Uh, physical. Pl- so that's what I did this week. I, che- I checked off like two things on this new list I made a few weeks ago to try to make a simple step to building in routines. So the physical, here's what I did. Get a tattoo. No, no, oh, not. Phys- I, I'm, I don't work out. I don't have time for it. I hate running. So this physically, I said, I'm going to try to run one time a week. So I ran on Saturday. And the the couch to one time a week plan. Yeah. I haven't even heard about that. Well, I hate running. And so the thought do of doing too. like three times a week and doing all this stuff overwhelming. I was like, I'm going to run one time. If it's a mile, it's fine. I'm just going to run one time a week. This was the <laughs> fifth week. And I feel like I crossed a threshold. It's becoming awesome. easier and better. And so I just ran. I also on the. On How the, far did you run? Three miles. Wow. It was 3.4 That's pretty on my good. little app thing. That's as far as I want to run in three runs a week. I felt pretty good about it. I felt like death. That's I still feel like death. <laughs> it was horrible. That's awesome. But I did it. Uh, another thing is I, I'm trying to simplify. And so we my two goals under simplification was decrease 25% of the things in our house. So we cleaned out a couple rooms and just tried to get 25% yeah. of things out and sell half of my motors because I'm... You, know, you have a lot of motors. Yeah, and carbs and gas tanks. There's just yeah. a lot of to up upkeep. So I sold uh, three motors That's this amazing. weekend. Threw them on Facebook. Way to go! And this was a laid back weekend for you. Yeah, Am it was I right? super enjoyable. 
Yeah, we. What'd you do this weekend? <laughs> yeah, not, not all that. I didn't run three miles. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, I, it's kind of funny you were saying about simplifying your home. We talk about doing that. And at this point, honestly, I just hope that if we ever have to move, it's because of fire. Mm-hmm. Like we have so much junk. I never, I never want to move it. I need to learn how to buy and sell some things. Mm. Anyway, I... Hey, here's a tip for you. This right, is a free man hack. Come on. Richard Swinson wrote Margin. He's kind of a futurist, faith-based writer. Uh, he wrote it like 20 years ago. Anyway, guy's way ahead of his time. He wrote this devotion. I don't do devotionals. This is the first one I've consistently gone through, and I'm about to finish it. It's called One Minute of Margin by Richard Swinson. It's a what? daily two-pager, and it helps you pursue margin because Dallas Willard said... Yes. The key to spiritual growth is to ruthlessly eradicate hurry. That's hurry right. is connected to margin. It's changing my life. I sold three motors because of this daily devotion. Really? You, sh- you, you don't have to burn that. down your house by accident and in I, order to be able to move. And I and fully trust Dallas Willard. I love that guy. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Keep going. Yeah, I appreciate you interrupting and taking away So you thought mar- about burning your house down. Just a little bit. Nope, we're not going to burn the house down. But I had a very intentional weekend. My, I have uh, my oldest kid just turned 13. So we did an overnight camping trip. Just he and I, He he's a boy who needs adult time. So good. He, ne- he needs uh, dad time and mom time sometimes. Um, so we just took the weekend uh, or the night and kind of looked at his year. Talked about goals. What are goals for a 13-year-old? Um, you I don't did know. that this weekend? We figured it out. Yeah, it was fantastic. Just the two of you. Just the two of us did that. We just went over to the lake campsite, um, spent an evening and half the next day. It was awesome. I loved it. What memory from that weekend with your son was the most life-giving when you think back? I love getting to know this boy. I love just getting to know his heart. There are some things that he is he is really grown up about, and there are some things that he is still very much a little boy about. Uh, one slight example is we were taking a little walk through the campsite, and I saw a playground up ahead. And I was remembering that this boy, when he was younger, he could never pass a playground with without wanting to play. Mm. And he's 13 years old. He's trying to be a man. He's a big dude. <laughs> You know, he's he's starting the fire, he's doing all the stuff. And we got within twenty five yards of that playground and he's like, Hey dad, I gotta check something out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and he ran over and he climbed the playground. It was so That's great. So I loved it so much. Did you much. go with him? Um uh, yeah, of course. I also want to play on every playground. But That's uh awesome. yeah, he was there. He's like, Dad, these are so cool for like parkour. I'm like, oh, that's a grown-up word for playground. Yeah, Way to go. It was fantastic. But I am not usually that intentional on my weekends. I usually am relaxed, laid back, just kind of let the weekend happen. That's awesome. I wish I was more like that. So I want to be more laid back in life in general, but we are going to pivot because we do not think we should be super laid back in how we do community and small group with other guys because we have limited time. And have you had like the laid back group approach? What does that look like? I've led the laid back group approach and it seems, I mean, I know from experience and and leading badly that it's just not as valuable as a group that's intentional. What does that look like? What's a laid back group? I've been in the group that, you know, you, 
um, you do something, you know, you, you might do a study or some sort of curriculum and you get to the end. And then the next week, instead of planning, you know, a next opportunity, you say, well, you know, what, what do you guys want to do? I'll send an email to everybody and, and just, you know, let me know some ideas and nobody bites and nobody gives you any ideas. And so, you know, you just pick the next thing that seems cool or you search the internet. It's just, it's so unintentional mm. um, opposed to, I don't know, thinking ahead, thinking about the big picture. Why are we doing this? What do we want to do? All of those questions. I think the majority of my groups have been more of that yeah. than not that. It's in, it, it is interesting because like we're super intentional at our workplace and profession. We have yep. goals and objectives and one, three, five, ten 10-year horizons that we're working towards and building systems and strategies towards. But then when it comes to like relational world, and I don't know if it should be, it shouldn't be that extreme, right. but we swing the pendulum. It's like, ah, my wife and I will be cool. Or like, ah, my kids will be, you know, I'm just doing, I'm just hanging out with my kids or, it's, or it's, with friends. It's kind of like if there's like a, like if we need to be somewhere between work team intentionality and hanging out with a couple of dudes watching a game on a Sunday. Yep. We need to be probably a little more toward the intentional work team. Yep. But we easily gravitate toward the other one. Yeah. And it feels weird to prematurely shift it if people aren't ready. So we get caught in this like yeah. uh set a precedent for the least common denominator, meaning the guy that wants it to be as laid back as possible. Yep. And so we just kind of err on the side of like, well, we don't want to be annoying. So we're just gonna do that that pace or laid back lack of intentionality relational dance and we miss out on an opportunity to uh, really leverage that limited amount of time an hour two hours a week with guys to grow and to challenge each other and to um, become better men we can yeah that intentionality really does affect that and yeah, we that's need a good. plan we should probably have a whole other podcast on what do we do if we have a guy in our group who doesn't want to grow? Yeah. Like if it really is just his, his goal to be, you know, have some dudes to hang out with, shoot the breeze, you know, he would probably prefer if there was a game on. Is shoot the breeze a real statement? Yeah. Shoot the breeze. Oh. She's breach. Yeah. Sounds weird talk. when you say it. I think it means talk. Just, <laughs> just saying. Talk. It doesn't make sense to me. Now but, that I've said it three times, it doesn't sound like a, a phrase anymore. To that point, though, yeah, I think th what we want to unpack and let, let's talk about what are the keys. Like if you if you listen to this and said, okay, I want to err on a little bit more intentionality in my group. We have organized intentionality from a group into three categories. And we're gonna talk about those three that hopefully will be practical and transferable into how you enter into community with other guys in your men's group, married group, whatever group. And those three are talking about a calendar, about content, and about a schedule. Calendar is what's the pathway or journey that you're going down over months and using content and, and a track. The second is content. What are we going to study and what's best for our group? And the third is a schedule, which is what does 90 minutes look like to maximize this time with other guys? We're going to hopefully make this practical. So Lee, are we ready to go there? We're not quite ready, Robbie. We have one more thing we need to do right now. A gotcha. little something we call... Yeah. 
man hacks. Lee, what is a man hack? A man hack is something you can do to make your life better or easier. Hmm. Just a couple of tips from a couple of guys, tricks we've picked up along the way or learned from other men to improve life. That's good. Robbie, what do you got for us today? All right, so here's my man hack. When I was in grad school, I flipped cars. I tried to buy and sell a car to make an extra thousand bucks. Uh, I tried to do one a month because my wife and I were both in grad school. So there's a couple things that I got used to checking, and I was talking to somebody, and they said, hey, that's not common knowledge. You should share that as a man hack. So here we are. That somebody was me. I don't (laughs) have that common knowledge, but I want it. Okay. Well, here you go, Lee. Here's what I do. If I don't want to check Carfax, I check the seams. I run my finger along the seam between the hood and between the trunk to the fenders. And because if there's body damage to a car, that's the hardest thing to get the gap right. You know, because usually it's about, let's say it's a three eighths of an inch gap and it's uh, flat. If you run your finger, you can tell if something's wonky and out of whack. That's how you would tell a a quick way to tell if it's been in a fender bender. Also, I like it to be cold when I start it. If I show up and the car's all warmed up, that's a flag. So check the engine first to see if it's all warmed up because a lot of problems will be when you're trying to start it. Another problem happens above like 55 or 65 miles an hour. And so I bought one car one time where I didn't take it through all the gears uh, cause you know, I was in, a, I was test driving it, didn't give above 55, but then I get on the highway home and it starts shaking at about 65. And so a lot of the steering and a lot of different components, uh, they'll, they'll present problems at a certain speed. So go That's through all good. the gears, go fast enough. Another thing real basic, is it leaky or is it smoky? Look underneath it. If it's leaking oil or leaking something, you'll see it. Just look if it's leaky. Yep. Pop your head underneath that front engine part. And is it smoky? When you start it up, look for smoke. That's a good way to indicate engine oil type issues. And last, does it drive and sound like it should? It's yep. simple, but if you're like, huh, that's weird. Cars are cars. They should drive and they should sound like you would expect them to. If they don't, be concerned that's the tips, Lee. I got that is for a good you. tip. So, quick question about the tip. So, if you and you've bought and sold a lot of vehicles, if you notice any of those things are a little iffy, a little off, do you just try to buy it lower, oh, or yeah. do you run? There's a good price for everything, Lee. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, what you got for us, Lee, on the main hack? All right, so this is way less impressive or um, masculine than buying and selling cars, but this is a real thing in my life, and I was just involved in it last night, so I thought I would share with everyone. I don't and, know and if real real quick, yeah. Please don't emasculate yourself on okay. on a podcast anymore, Lee. You are an amazing man and yeah. you are you ooze masculinity so those disclaimers are not needed yep i love you continue thank you <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how you feel after this man hack <laughs> uh, so i am into peanut butter i take it personally i think peanut butter is important in my life and i like the natural peanut butter i buy it from whole foods and it's that kind of peanut butter that comes with the oil on top and the mm. peanut buttery stuff on the bottom and you have to mix it together and it's so difficult and it's a pain and I almost stopped buying it. um, I don't know about the third jar, but it was delicious peanut butter. Didn't want to have to stir it. So I rigged something up. Of course I would. I got a small paint stir from the, from the home Depot, hooked it to my drill, put it in the peanut butter. 
Now, I will say I used a top from the old peanut butter, cut a small hole in it, put that over the, the rod part of the paint stirrer so it doesn't splatter everywhere while you stir it. But essentially, I just screw that top on and turn on the drill, and I stir my peanut butter at about 1,500 RPMs, and it's fantastic. It turns it into real peanut butter. You can have the delicious, all-natural peanut butter, just peanuts and salt, but it's fully stirred. This you're, is amazing. You really I think do you're this. laughing because no. <laughs> you're now changing your mind about my emasculation. No, but no. Yeah, I do it every for every time I use peanut butter. I use the paint stir and the drill, and it's fantastic. You really do. I love it. That's a man hack for everyone. <laughs> Guys. I will take your word at that, and we should probably transition because I got lots of questions and thoughts. <laughs> awesome. That wraps up. We hope it was helpful. Our section we like to call yeah. man, man hacks. hacks. All right, Lee, so let's unpack these three components of intentionality in a, a group, a men's group, a married group, of calendar, of content, and of schedule. What do we mean when we say calendar? Calendar is just a word to indicate what does the calendar look like in regards to content resources for your group? What is what is the path or the journey you are going to go on as a group of men over the semester or over the year in regards to what you're going to study? Uh, do you have a path? Do you have intentionality around what the calendar looks like for content? For example, we have a leader development group. It's a nine-month group mentorship, uh, which is a pipeline to develop future and potential small group leaders. We take guys on a very intentional journey of really a sequence of five steps. You set a high bar, then you build a base of authenticity and trust. Then you can tackle theology identity. Then you evaluate character and what's in the way of us leading. And then how am I leading? How has God designed me to to be a leader and be a part of what he's doing um, throughout the Big C Church? That is a journey that then we pair content to. And so that's an example of having intentionality with the journey that we're going down. Because if we don't have that, you can end up studying the Holy Spirit for a year and a half and half the guys in the group, that's not the highest and best tension or thing that they're struggling with in their life. A couple of questions. Yep. Do you, what do you recommend as far as, or what do we recommend as far as how far to think ahead with a group? Do you, do you think in terms of a year? Yep. I, I think most groups, it's best to think on a, two or three step cycle. So let's talk about what we want to discuss and learn about and grow in as men over the next semester. Uh, and a, really a year is too yeah. big of a scope, I think. But if you think semester, four months, six months, typically that lends itself to a couple different series or studies or areas of focus. We'll jump into scripture for a season, then tackle a book, then do um, a series or something. Yeah, it's good. So also just imagining you are starting a new group. You have, um, two guys that, you know, and you guys are adding four other guys and you're planning to, to track with these guys for the next 12 months. What do you start with as far as big topic? Where are you going to go? Yep. I would start with building relationship and trust. Um, and then evaluating our high level thoughts, beliefs after we trust each other, of share and I would 
either use content resources to build authentic community or just do a lot of experiences and share yeah. stories and and stories is really the best way. That's but good. then after that, um, depending on where guys are at, you might need to do some high level. What is the gospel? What's our understanding of theology and God? Because you don't want to get too far into a specified um, focus thing if the f- the base of understanding is different for different guys. So you got to yeah. understand where that's in. And I think a good time to do this is about twice a year. Use natural calendar rhythms of August or January to spend 30 minutes in a group and go, hey, what do we want the next four to six months to look like? And l- let's have a degree of intentionality and without just doing the next thing that pops up. It, it kind of sounds like, and I think I would do this too, or I do do this, is start with relational capital, building that a little bit, and then see where we are common ground about who God is. If, if we're going to be that's right. You know, making that sort of the focus of our time together to whatever degree, let, let's see how we are and aren't on the same page. Uh, I think almost every group, one of the primary tensions is, okay, now I've got a plan. We're going to talk about God. Then we're going to really wrestle with being fathers more intentionally because we're on that season and that's a felt need or how to minister in the workplace better or understand prayer or private discipline better. We got this plan. Now what do we do? What do we study? What do we use with our time? And that's the second bucket called content. What is the content that we will use as a catalyst to unpack and learn truths or uh, to facilitate conversations to sharpen each other as men? And there's there's a problem because there's so much out there that, okay, what's the best? What do you recommend? We have done some work over the past year or year and a half uh, as men at all of the campuses at North Point Ministries to shorten a list to vetted recommended um, content for you guys as a men's group or married group. And it's organized in three different sections, really. It's God, me, and others. And in each of those sections, under God, it's the gospel, private disciplines, and scripture, then under me, it's identity, self-awareness, priorities, and character. That's how to become better men. And then others, what does family look like, community, and then influence. And under each of those subcategories, we've got about 10 vetted recommended resources. So there's about 60 or 70 total on this uh, document, but really content falls under three categories, a book, a video, and scripture. So what's the best scripture to um, jump into to do a deeper dive on what it looks like to have influence? What's a good DVD series? And then what's a good book? We've organized all that for you guys. We will, uh, where do we find it, Lee? Where do we, you have this? Yeah, you can, we can, anyone can find it actually at northpoint.org slash npmen. And then there's a little button that's called Group Tools. Okay. If you cl- click on Group Tools, it has um, the content guide. It has the meeting schedule. It has um, several other tools as well um, that we can talk about. That's awesome. And, and I think in this, the most important thing is to understand what your group is actually going to do. Yep. And what's the the feeling of your group? I've been in groups where we just try to do books and we never make it past the fourth chapter. It just we we have good intention. It dies out because we don't do homework. We got a bunch of little kids. 
so for that season, let's be intentional and go, hey, let's let's find eight to 10 minute videos that we can just watch here yeah. in the group to tee up our conversation. Or neither of those, let's just jump into scripture together, read it out loud, spend a couple minutes in private reading, and then discuss it in group. But then in other times, a book is incredible. We can do chapters one through three the first week, yep. three through six the second week. I would recommend never doing a book more than about four weeks. If you can't tackle it in four weeks. I mean, that should set men free. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If you have a 10 chapter week, I mean, a 10 chapter book, and you plan to do that a chapter a week for 10 weeks. It never works. It's going to be so life It's a slow death. Maybe some groups are good at that, and you're welcome to nope. send Robbie an no email. No groups do. You're not, a, you're not a real group if you, because you're a <laughs> make-believe group. We're, we're going to leave it a little more open than that, possibly. <laughs> but, Fair enough. Fair enough. But it's true. I mean, honestly, I've done, I, I feel like I've gotten just as much value out of studying an executive summary with a group as I have um, doing a 10-chapter book. That's good. We really should never do a study more than four to five weeks. There's so much out there we need to pick and choose a little And I bit. think if we're not into it. Like, yeah. it. like if we're doing one chapter a week, we're not into that. It, it, it's hard to hold momentum. We do. It is hard to hold momentum. So that hopefully is helpful. Uh, we have organized content and the three buckets of content are books and videos and scripture. Understand your group and have a discussion and go, hey, what would be most beneficial? Is it better to go back to private disciplines and do a deeper dive on that or understanding priorities in my own life or uh, community and how to have more authentic relationships with others and or influence? Those, those categories should help you guys in narrowing the focus and being more intentional when it comes to content. Yep. And the last thing I'll say about the content guide is um, it doesn't, it doesn't, we didn't look at every single book, every single option. We, we looked at a lot. We looked at what yep. people were talking about and people recommended to us. And the ones that made the list we would use in our groups That's or right. we have used in our groups or plan to use in our groups that there's a, I don't know, a couple of books out there that we, we don't we don't have on the list that may be good. And there's a bunch out there that we looked at that we didn't put on the list on purpose. And this um, will change as you guys give us feedback yeah. and we evaluate and we make changes. Now, you can have a great calendar. You can have a super intentional path and journey. And then you can have a great content, vetted, recommended content to get you there on that pathway. But really a key to this is, what do we actually do with our 90 minutes or two hours or one hour that we're together every week? What does that look like? And that's the schedule. Lee, what, yep. what do you think when you think of what, what the design of that small group time to how to maximize that time for the sake of growth? Yep. So guys, we put together a group schedule for this, I don't know, for this very conversation, um, or we've actually had it for a while, but it's in the group tools but really what, what it boils, boils down to is intentionality with your time together. If you only have 90 minutes, um, this is what you probably want to do. So you want to, every, every group spends time connecting. You want to spend your first 30 minutes connecting. Um, we have some options of ways to connect. If you're not a natural question asker, conversationalist, whatever, um, we have a couple of options in there on the website. If you want to use um, the the questions in a box app, 
which is really great, or the 10 questions that we've put together to help guys connect in groups is great too. Spend your first 30 minutes catching up, connecting, um, relational time. The next 20 minutes you want to spend in what we're just calling your learn time. Spend about 20 minutes discussing whatever it is that you're learning. This is like the knowledge time. So, you, you know, relational time, then knowledge time. And is that where I would watch the video or read the scripture? Watch video, read the scripture, um, t- talk about, you know, your net, net out of a book or a okay. chapter or whatever that is. Spend some time uh, doing that. And then the last 40 minutes is is really where the gold is. It's where the, the value of the group's going to happen. And we're calling this the time that you would grow. And we're saying take those last 40 minutes to ask three questions. And if you have been listening to the podcast, you've heard these questions at the end of every single podcast. But we want you to ask, what does this mean? We just look, we just learned something, we talked about something, we watched a video, whatever. What does this mean for me personally? Two, what am I going to do about it? What step of faith is God inviting me to take? Great. Now I've heard it. This is what it kind of means. What's a personal application? And then thirdly, how can we help as a group? I mean, you're with a group, you are with other men who want to be a part of what you're doing. You want them to be a part of what you're doing. Um, so yeah, you just want to ask, how can we help? So connect, learn, and grow. Those three things should bring value to your meeting. And we put it in a 90 minute cadence, but you can adapt that to an hour, two hours, what whatever works for your group. And my group doesn't follow an agenda and go, okay, 30 minutes is done. But that framework of thinking of a journey in 90 minutes to maximize it is so life-giving to me because in the same way as I don't like to be in a meeting where we're just talking and then we have all this important stuff to do and then the last 10 minutes we try to wrap up stuff or vice versa, it's all business and there's never a breathing room. This cadence is really freeing as as just some a bearing to, to... function with um with our time together most of the groups i've been in connect and learn yep we spend social time and then we talk about a book and then we go home and we stretch out that learn time forever Uh, like the old school bible study where you fill in the blanks yeah you just try to stretch that for the last 40 minutes is so painful and 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 if we don't have that growth that application of what we just discussed in the context of safe trusting relationships because we connected then Nothing changes, and we don't sharpen each other to become better men if we don't ask those three questions in that growth piece and actually leverage content in a relationship that is connected for the sake of application and growth. That's that's a paradigm shifter, I think, if groups really internalize that and and pursue that framework for how they leverage their time together. Yeah, that's really good. We should take everything that we think is important, ask how it affects us personally. We we probably do to some degree. If we mm-hmm. watch the news, we think, does this affect me personally? Um, we should apply that same type of thinking to our, our grow time um, in a meeting. And, you know, what am I going to do? And, and, you know, we've talked about on a previous podcast or another podcast, I should say, um, forward accountability. And that's really what we're talking about with um, asking our group, how can, how can the group help me take a step? Like you guys know me, what, what, this is what I feel like this is saying to me. And this is what I feel like I should do. How does that bounce it off the guys in your group? 
This is great. We hope this is really helpful for you guys. As you guys enter into a season of your small group, please take the time to add intentionality into your group by looking at the pathway, the calendar, what it's going to look like for the semester, what that content is going to be to actually get good content, and then what's the schedule? How are we? What's the cadence and the flow of our meeting time? And could we make it more beneficial? We hope you got some nuggets, some insights to make your group more effective in leading you to become more fully alive. Guys, this was fun. And we've got the section that we like to wrap up with now, which is a couple minutes of wisdom from our friend, John Woodall, with Wisdom from the Woods. One of the things that I love doing is uh, reading, um, period, but I especially enjoy uh, reading books uh, about man and men. And one of the books that I read several years ago was by Larry Crabb. It was called The Silence of Adam. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about the first chapters of Genesis, but I happen to believe that there was a first man, there was a first woman, and Larry Crabb writes about this time in history where uh, his wife was making a particular decision uh, that was against what God said for him and for them. And in that moment that she was making this decision against God's word and against God's will, the first man stood there silently and did not say anything in the moment. That's why he calls the book The Silence of Adam. Well, ever since I read that book, I've been carrying around this idea about speaking into the silence. I've had the privilege of being married for 43 years, and the banner over our marriage that you may know is to fight for one. And there have been many times in many situations in many years in our marriage that I would not speak into the silence. Something would happen and I would just let my wife guess what I was thinking and guess what I was feeling. She would know that I was upset about uh, something in particular and I would be silent about it. Well, I made a decision to change that and to speak into the silence. So. Even now, when she sees that I'm upset about something, instead of her guessing, is he upset with me, is he upset with this, or is he upset with that, I make a choice to speak into the silence. And I've said things to her, something as simple as, hey, babe, I just want to let you know uh, that I am upset right now about this particular thing, about this particular subject. I am not upset with you. And those kind of exchanges, uh, she has let me know, put her at rest uh, so that we can tra travel together in our relationship a little more peacefully. So think about your relationships. Um, have you been using that tactic of silence? Uh, maybe make a decision to change that tactic and speak into the silence and put people uh, around you at rest. Think about that.
Guys, we hope you enjoyed this conversation about how to have a great group by adding intentionality and structure to your group. We are going to jump into how to have a great group from a relational side with very practical conversations and ideas in our next episode. So tune in. And also some of you guys are using this podcast as a group discussion in your group. And so make sure you check out the page. We'll add some guides and some questions to make your conversations in your men's group or married group around these topics easier. We hope they help you. We appreciate you. See you next episode.